0: Hey guys, Joe Miles here with Osseo Gear. This is the Mission Whitetail podcast. We're gonna be doing a deep dive into what it truly takes to kill these mature bucks. We're gonna step outside the box and look at the why for gear, tactics, training, and more importantly, the mindset from over 35 years of chasing these magnificent animals all over North America. Thank you for following along and welcome to Mission Whitetail. All right, guys. Episode seven. We are back with the Mission Whitetail Podcast, and we're going to piggyback off of what we had last week with Chris Seymour. Chris is an outfitter. He uh, has a bunch of leases in Kansas, and then he, he buys and sells farms as well. Just really dialed in guy in Kansas. Um, so we're we're going to talk about access. You know, that's one of the most. It's it's probably the most important thing of all whitetail hunting. If if you don't have a good place to hunt or a place to hunt, I mean you you're, you're kind of peeing in the wind. Um and, and you know, I think we'll leave we'll leave public land out of this because that's a completely different animal and we'll just talk about permission land and lease land and and you know, we hit on buying farms last week, so I don't think there's any reason really to hit on buying farms. But the, the first thing when, when you're talking about getting access and finding a place to hunt or finding a new place to hunt that you need to consider, what are your personal goals? right? What, everybody is so different. You know, Some guys want to go after 200 inch deer. Some guys want to go after a, a deer. They want to shoot their first deer. They want to take their kids and have a place to go. So everybody is is so different. So I think that's the the first thing you have to do is define your goals. And and you know we we both like to hunt big deer, but I know our goals will be somewhat different. Like what Kevin, I mean, you know we're going. You know it's it's June season will be here in South Carolina, August fifteenth. You know for this season, what what are your goals? Um,
1: <laughs> I guess there like you said, they're about, they're about the same, but I guess my goal would be to target in, on um, the biggest or one of the biggest deer on the property and hone in on them and, and kill them. Um, now that that doesn't happen all the time and you're not going to, you know, get it done like that every time. But, um, those are, those are my goals. If I've, as i've progressed in my hunting i guess career
0: yeah I, I think you know there, a lot of guys fall in that camp but again you know guys fall into you know, like for for the hunt club for example i've got guys that just want to take their kids down there and that's their goal is to go and have their kids shoot a deer and and you know from a personal standpoint i want to i want to try to find the biggest deer i can possibly find whether that's in canada Mexico, Illinois. I, I don't. I want to f- try and find the biggest deer I can find and hunt him wherever that might be. Um, and and every year, I think for both of us, we are constantly trying to get better and better properties to hunt. And and there is a, a method to that madness. And and you know, we could really probably say this one sentence and and. Make it a wrap on the podcast. <laughs> it it takes work. Yep, it takes a lot of work. You can't leave any stone unturned. You have to get out and you have to work at it. I mean, you're you're going to lose properties. You're going to get properties. Um, you know the the popular thing now is the door knocking. You know that that's become real popular. Guys finding spots and going and knocking on doors. So you can definitely do that. Um, you can find pieces of property that are for lease Um, you know you can use all your contacts and I think for for me personally having been doing this for you know 30 some odd years I've developed a lot of contacts and a lot of really good relationships over the years so if if I was going to go try and find a place in North Dakota I'm just throwing that out there you know, I would start by looking at who all I know from North Dakota, who I've done business with, who I've hunted with, and then that—that's where I would hone in and start because it's—it it is hard door knocking. You know, it, it can be done, uh, but but that that is a difficult thing to do. That is a, a a hard nut to crack. But I think you develop contacts and you you continue making contacts. That, to me, that that seems to be what's been the most successful for me, and, and, and what do I mean by developing contacts, right? Uh, let, let's just take Illinois, for example. Um, you know, I had a 29-acre a lease there that killed some really big deer on, and I had a guy that uh, he he had a bunch of guys and he went on one of our dove hunting trips and he lived in Illinois and I asked him about the big deer and he said oh yeah I hunt them on public ground you know that that's I've got some really good public ground spots I'd love you to come out and hunt so sure sure enough I went out there and hunted and he and I became buddies and he introduced me to some of his other buddies and me and a guy named Mark Beck became friends and Mark owned a big farm and we started hunting together, and his family would come to our uh, beach house, you know, they, they would come over to the beach and stay with us during the summer, and I'd go hunting with him and hunt on those leases during the, you know, during the fall. So, you know, that's just an example of, of how you work with the contacts that you have. Now, Kevin, for example, you, you're going to go to Illinois. How, how would you develop contacts? You know, h- how would you do that um, you, you know, let's say tomorrow you've got two weeks off to hunt in the rut. How are you going to go to Illinois and develop contacts and find somewhere to hunt? I'm
1: um, uh, going through your contacts <laughs> list and calling up everybody. I'll have old Joe reach out to them for me. Um, If I knew I had two weeks to hunt and I was going to – Illinois I would probably I don't know I don't really know of anybody off the top of my head that I know that actually lives in Illinois but I would probably talk to say you weren't in the in the picture but I would talk to somebody who has some kind of like if I've never been I'd talk to somebody who has some kind of hunting experience in Illinois or go on you know some kind of Um, facebook group illinois hunters or whatever and kind of throw something out there a post or something see if i get any bites on that anybody that wants to help but i would definitely go on my map and check out the different properties in the area that i was looking to go and kind of map out a few um, areas that i want to potentially knock on doors or something like that if we're keeping the public land out of this and then go during the off season in in the spring or this time of year summertime and kind of put out some feelers to see i wouldn't just go you know for two weeks during the hunting season and try to wing it yeah so i I, like i said i would look at the property map on my phone and kind of plug in a, a a handful of different spots that I want to go to and and then go from there.
0: Yeah, I think we can probably break it down to, you know, finding a lease, finding permission for an out-of-state spot and then at home. How do you improve on what you have here at home? Some things that have worked for me here at home, like like this past year I shot 3 bucks in South Carolina and all 3 of them were on permission spots. One of them um, you know, was on a buddy of mine's property. He, he owns a huge farm. He's been my best friend since I was little and he gives me permission to hunt on his property. So that, that's kind of a luck thing. Um, the, the other property is one that, that I sought out that was a, a, a drainage off of a development that was in the county so we could, we could, we could bow hunt on it. And I reached out um, to find out who the owner was and my sister actually knew him went to high school with him and i contacted him and uh he he told me absolutely that, that i could go and hunt it and i shot two really nice bucks on it with my bow 40 acres and it was an old um well it it, it, it was a development piece that he had and then it, it fed off into you know wetlands that they couldn't develop and it was 40 acres of wetlands and man it's loaded with deer it's one of those urban tracks and I mean, there, there's a couple nice ones that, that made it through, one really big one, and mm-hmm. I've got permission to hunt in there again. Um, and, and so l- let's talk about at home first, and then we can get in, you know, go back yeah. to, to, to traveling. <laughs> but at home, th- there's th- the relationships you need to make are with realtors and obviously landowners and, and developers. You know, you can ride around and look at for sale pieces, and call those people up, and and you know y- you can end up with some spots. I ended up with you know another one that I, I put a camera on, and there were some deer on it. Nothing that I wanted to shoot, but I drove by, saw a big for sale sign, called the uh, realtor, and then ended up talking with the owner. I paid a five hundred dollar trespass fee, and he let me hunt in there. I had to get some insurance, and th- that's something I would say that, that that would be helpful for guys that are going to do that is to go ahead and have like a liability insurance policy, like a million or half a million dollars in liability. It's it's not expensive to get that. I think it was a hundred or maybe two hundred bucks mm-hmm. to get that liability policy. And and that's something that you know those those owners are obviously worried about as you getting out there. They may not understand hunting. Um but but realtors and and I would not get with a realtor that hunts. You know, a a way to think about outside the box is to you, you know this is going to sound sexist, but, you know, try and find a lady realtor. You know, that if you find a realtor that's a hunter, any ground that's available is going to be, he's yeah, going to take it or his buddies sure. are going to have yeah. it. So you're, you're, you're wasting your time there. But if you find a non-hunter, whether that be a man or a woman, um, but, you know, luck with, you know, females, contact, contact them and tell them what you're looking for. You know, because these guys have these tracks that are for sale and they're getting zero cash out of it. They may absolutely let you go in there and hunt. And, and secondly, they may want a little trespass fee or a lease fee. So you can ride around in the areas that you think are good you've done it, Mm -hmm. I've done it, see the for sale signs. We actually did a a video on the Joe Miles YouTube channel of me actually calling a realtor and going and looking at a place, and we basically had it wrapped up, but it happened to be part of a hunt club that already already (laughs) leased it. But that's a – so if you look for these, like, abandoned developments – wetlands off of developments if it's wetlands obviously there's a creek and there's probably you know deer running those creeks and you can get in those urban areas where they're more used to people being around and then you can go into the you know the hunt club route you know in, in South Carolina we have you know large hunt clubs and you can go check them out and, and join them um, you know that's really getting more to it, it almost becomes public ground, yeah. Because you've got so many, guys or worse than public, or or, ground. or worse than public yeah. ground. Um, but you know, those are those are a couple things at, at you know you can do at home. But the 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 big thing is the work. Yeah. You've got to do the work, and you touched on it a minute ago. You've got to do the work now. April, May, June. If you try and go in September, October, that's when everybody else is doing
1: it. It's too late.
0: It's too late. You've got to do the work now at home to find the places.
1: Another thing um, you can do to help you when you're doing the door knocking thing, uh, I I like to have just generic release forms printed off. That way, you you give them that peace of mind. If you do get hurt, you already signed the paper, it's cut and dry and, and they don't have anything to worry about um another thing if you go you know post season or spring this time of year you can you don't have to ask them to if you can hunt right off the rip you can ask them for something simple if you could you know shed hunt or like my dad in Ohio he he'll he likes to arrowhead hunt so he'll just ask them if he can go walk around in their field arrowhead hunting and then after you build a little bit of a relationship um they get kind of used to you being there or whatever you can um then ease into hey can i've seen some deer out here Da da da. you do you mind if i bow hunt
0: yeah I, I, that, that's a good point and another thing is th- these landowners you have to genuinely care about these guys mm-hmm. you, you can't be a user. You have got to you've got to do the work. You've got to do the work to find it. And once you're in, you have to genuinely respect that guy, and, and you have to look after him. Like like yep. I I you know being from South Carolina, we've got access to really good seafood. Um, so the landowners out in Indiana or Illinois or Kansas, you know, w- w- I'll ship them shrimp. You know, if they like seafood, I'll ship sh- uh, ship them shrimp or grouper you know, during the, the summer or, or during shrimping season. And, and you, you know, I there was one, I, I had a, a landowner in Ohio that was a huge NASCAR fan, and I got him tickets to Darlington, you know, to come down to the Darlington Raceway. And, I, I mean, he would have given me his, his uh, firstborn kid. He yep. was so excited about that. But you develop these relationships, and they the people become friends, yep. and they become lifelong friends. If you were looking at it as... How easy is it going to be for me to get into this piece, and how little can I do to to maintain the relationship and the property? You're going to lose it. Yeah. And and the guys can see through the fakeness. There's got to be genuine respect, and you have to continue the relationship, and and it can't just be one-sided. I mean, not not everybody's going to give away seafood and give away uh, NASCAR tickets, but, you know, you go through the gate and see that it's off the hinges man get your toolkit out and fix the gate
1: yeah if, if you're if you're somewhat handy that's def that's what i was going to say that you could definitely help them you know offer to help them fix their gate or if they need you know something done their grass cut or something like that that you could come do every now and again to you know, show them that they're getting a little bit out of it. Or if they like deer meat, offer to give them some deer meat or some jerky. Mm-hmm. Um, that goes a long way, just those small little gestures.
0: Yep. Um, I guess we can we can switch over a little bit to – or go back. I guess we're, we're jumping around a good bit here. But let, let's go back to out-of-state. One, one
1: thing I wanted to talk about, too, um, before I forget – um what do you like to look for I know you're not just looking at the map and you know throwing a a dart at the map what kind of terrain features um and you know areas are you looking at say for home for example what are you looking at whether it be the topographic map part of the state um, if it's near water, river source, or something like that, what are you looking for? Size of the property, wise, anything like that to kind of narrow it down?
0: What 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 I look for locally is is any like suburban area that will feed out to ag or feed out like right on the edge of town, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, you know, I love creeks, I love drainages, I love wetlands. Um, especially all these developments or these old abandoned, um, you know, a, a guy went in to, to build a golf course and it didn't work out and it's just kind of sitting there in limbo and it's grown up and it kind of feeds out to maybe an ag belt or down to a river. I mean, those places are absolute money. Yeah. Um, that That's what I look for locally. You know, we're, we're near the Congaree River right here, and, and so – up and down that river is just, there's deer everywhere. The Saluda, the Congaree, you know, we've got the watery that's not far. Um, creeks, rivers, drainages, um, you know, for, for an urban spot, that's that's what I look for. You know, if I was going to get further away, um, you know, I would probably, for, for guys that are in the South Carolina area, you know, for, for bigger deer, I'd probably be up in that Fairfield area mm-hmm. and, and look for a lot of hardwoods. Cause those, you know, the, the, the protein and the mass from the acorn, those white oaks, you know, in the Fairfield County area, um, you know, that, that, that's bigger tracks and, and, um, you know, that that's kind of what I would look for up there, but having what I have here locally, I'm trying to add in my general area. Yeah. And so the little pockets I've I've got two big tracks, a lease club, a permission, uh, farm and then I've got two little forty-acre pieces, and then I'm trying to expand on those smaller pieces because I really feel like I would rather have eight small places to hunt, yep, than one giant place to hunt.
1: Yeah, because you can bounce around to a completely different area if you booger up one deer, you might have another one, you know, in your other spot, and you can go hunt him and let the other spot, you know, cool off. Versus if you got one big 500 or 800 acre track he might be running that whole freaking roost and you booger him up you're kind of screwed for a little while maybe even the whole season um i'm with you I, i like that anything that's holding some decent water with that diversity um i i love that those couple small tracks i got from 20 acres to 200 acres um, they all have some kind of good source of water nearby and some kind of uh, browse, whether it be um, green briar, all kinds of, I always want the hardwoods, whether it be white or red oaks, um, and it's, they all just seem to be money. Every time I find a spot near some kind of good drainage ditch or river, they always seem to hold some good deer
0: i mean that's exactly what i have found in our area as well um it's the it's the creeks the drainages the rivers um off of these urban areas that that go out to 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 big ag land or or out to big woods is right on the edge um you know they're creatures of the edge and those edges are they're, they're always money yep the more edges
1: you can get with the diversity the better yep all right,
0: go ahead. Sorry yeah, no, no, for cutting that's, that's y'all. that's good. That, that's a very good, uh, very good um, talking point there. I, I, let's go back to out of state. Um, and, and I, you know, the guests that we've had, I've asked them, you know, that question, and I'll continue doing that for every guest that we have. Okay, tomorrow you've lost all your hunting spots. You've got to go to another state to find somewhere to hunt. How are you going to do it? And... and The the generic answers of, oh, I'll try and find a lease or, oh, I'll um, call so-and-so. I I really want to, let's get down in the weeds here of, let's just do this. Let's take Chris Seymour out of the equation and let's, um, I've lost, I I can't hunt anywhere.
1: No contacts, no nothing.
0: No contacts, zero. You want to go hunt. I want to go hunt in Kansas. That's where I've got to go hunt. How am I going to do it? All right, the, the, the first thing that I'm going to do is look at the state as a whole and determine what part of the state I want to hunt. You know, that, that's from a 30,000-foot view, and, and what am I going to look for, right? I, I'm going to probably look at harvest reports, where the bigger deer have been taken, um, if there's any uh, bow hunting-only areas. You know, I really like that. If there's big non hunting areas, if I can find somewhere that doesn't allow any hunting, try to get on the edge. I'm gonna zero, I'm gonna do all that from Google and telephone Mm -hmm. calls. Maybe even call DNR and and, and pick their brain. Um, So that's where I'm gonna start. And so once I find the area I wanna hunt, the the first thing I'm gonna do is start looking for land that's for sale. I'm not gonna look for a lease. I'm gonna look, um, once I have that area, you know, it may be a, a hundred mile by a hundred mile area that I want to hunt. And if I know where that no hunting is or, or, um, where the bow hunting only areas are, th- then I'm going to start looking for land that is for sale in those areas. And then when I'm going to look at that real estate company that has those farms or, or those pieces of property listed, and I'm going to find a female realtor, probably a cute one. Um, <laughs> I know you would If you're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> um, And I'm going to call her, and I'm going to tell her exactly what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to find a place to come and bow hunt, and I will definitely pay her a finder's fee for helping me out. And, you know, I'll run that rabbit. That would be the first thing that I would do is identify five or six properties that are for sale that um, I get a realtor involved with to help me organize it that's a non-hunter. I'm also going to ask her, hey, do you have – you know, any connections with properties that um, th- that I might could get on and hunt. And so that would be my first move. My next move is I'm actually, I mean, we're in June right now. Yep. So w- what I would do right now is, yeah, it's going to take time away from family. It's going to take time away from work, but I'm going to pick a Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and I'm either going to drive, probably gath Gas prices the way they are right now. Maybe not as well fly. Yeah, I'll probably fly out there and, and and rent a car, and I will start going to these little towns that are in this area, and they always have little diners. There's always a little diner there, and and who goes to the diner every morning for coffee and breakfast?
1: The farmers,
0: the farmers and the landowners. They're in their breakfast, and I will go in there and I will start trying to make relationships. You know, I I used to do that in Illinois some, and it it worked really well. Um, You know, a lot of the guys think you're nuts. You've come all the way from South Carolina to find somewhere to hunt deer, and and so I'll start the relationships there in the diners. I'll go to the local feed and seed store. All the farmers are coming into those feed and seed stores every day, and I'll talk with the feed and seed people. Again, it it takes work, but I I guarantee you if I took that – mentality and, and I, I I actually did it right now in Kansas or or Illinois or Kentucky or wherever um, I'd be able to find a good place to hunt this this fall guaranteed guaranteed I either get permission on a spot or I would get um, I would be able to lease a spot um, y- y- you know and, and that's where it starts these things take time mm-hmm I mean, I've been hunting out of state, I don't know, since, let's just call it 20 years. Since I was your age, well, a little younger than you, probably 25 is when I started. 25, 27, somewhere around there. So 20 years. Um, and it, is, it has taken years and years and years to build relationships. But most of those relationships that I started, I still have them today. I still have those relationships, and we're, we're continuing to build on them. They take a long time to build. This isn't overnight success, but you got you have to start somewhere. I mean, when I was your age or maybe a couple years younger is, is when I got the Matthews ranch in Texas. And you know, I had a, um, very limited income. I had a very young family, um, mortgage payment, car payments, um, kid. And, and, you know, that's the first thing, you know, people are going to say with, with how I would approach it was you well, not not everybody can afford to do that. We'll get back to that in a minute. But when when I went to Texas, I had started my, my business, my sporting adventures business, and I had a client that wanted to go to Texas um, on a hunt. And then I was also going to look at a dove hunting operation in Mexico. And so I went to this ranch in Texas and I looked at it and – it, it was unbelievable it was a two thousand acre um, not a high fence a, a low fence or free range ranch in Texas I met the owner mr Matthews and asked him you know what wh- what it would take to lease the property and he told me he said look I want to shoot six to eight bucks a year off this property and if you want them all you can have them all and so we, he told me how much he wanted for each buck, and I think back then it was like two thousand dollars a deer times six bucks, you know, a minimum of twelve thousand dollars, and and th- that was about more money than I made the whole year. <laughs> but I, I, you know, I, I took the risk. I said, all right, I'll 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 take them, and I'll confirm this with you in ninety days. But I'll I'll take them. And what I did is I got home and I called a bunch of buddies and said hey i found a really good ranch in texas it's going to be two thousand dollars a buck and i'm going to go set everything up and have everything ready and i'm going to get first crack i was very transparent with what i did i'm going to i'm going to take first crack at, at the deer that i want to hunt but i found the ranch i'm going to set up all the cameras all the feeders, all the blinds. Y'all are going to show up and hunt. You're going to know exactly what's there. So I, in essence, became a little bit of a guide, yep. but, but I was able to get a really good ranch. And for 13 years, we went to that ranch and I shot a good buck, one or two on that ranch every year for 13 years. And it, it, it cost me very minimal to do that. I was able to take my son out there Um, Go ahead. I didn't mean to.
1: I was going to say that, and that place was awesome. I went and filmed with you a few times in a couple years, two or three years straight and shot a bunch of hogs and stuff out there with you. It was an awesome time out there.
0: That's another way to skin the cat. You know, a a guy looks at it and goes, how can I I go hunt a ranch in Texas? You know, these hunts are $5,000. Well, if you work at it, you can find a ranch like that. You know, I mean, they've 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 got them. There, they're, or or you can even work a deal with an outfitter. You know, you can say, okay, I'm gonna, I want to come out there and have a section where I can hunt, and I'm gonna bring so many hunters with me. You know, you can you can go that route. But again, it takes work and it takes thinking outside the box. You know, th- those are those are part of the part of the many arrows that you got to shoot at this if you're serious about finding something. Um, that, that's another way to think outside the box. The, the realtor, um, you know, we, we haven't even touched on outfitters. Yep. Um, I, I mean, okay, so here another really good example, Mexico. I'd hunted in Mexico for whitetail one time up until this past year. I contacted four different outfitters, and I went down there and hunted with two of them this year. And I, I was a number, right? I was just a number in the grand scheme of things um, I, I went in I did the hunt um, one of the ranches I, I wasn't really thrilled about there wasn't a real good management program there um, the other ranch is absolutely world-class it's world-class well guess what I don't have my ranch in Texas anymore the, the owner passed away so what what have I done I've taken all those guys that hunted with me on that ranch in Texas and now we're going to be hunting in Mexico mm-hmm. and what does that do that takes all of a sudden that Mexican rancher has got 10 new hunters or six new hunters or seven new hunters that I've brought in. He's going to, he's going to look out for me. Yep. He's going to take care of me. He's going to give me worth, worth to him. I I brought value value. I brought value to what we're doing. It's not one sided. I'm not just a number. I'm bringing actual value to the equation. And, and therefore I'm going to, and I've started that relationship. You know, and, and that's going to build, and that's going to build, and that's going to build. And, and that's what you have to do is you've got to start the relationship. You have to bring value, whether that's the landowner, the realtor, the outfitter. Um, you, you know, I, I don't want hand-holding, right? Mm-hmm. I've been doing this my, basically my whole life. I, I want to get turned loose, but what man in his right mind that's never met you before is just going to turn you loose on his managed whitetail property? He's not. It takes time. You have to earn the respect and and you know there's there's ranches that i've hunted down there that they they give me the keys to the gate and and the passcode to the alarm system and they're not even there and they let me go have at it but it's taken years and years and years to get to that
1: to piggyback off of the work with the to getting the properties and and having building that rapport with the landowners um touch on a little bit i know i've I've always I see it every season how kind of you know hunting it with pressure and different things like that your properties can kind of change so not only are you looking for new ones but you're always looking to fine tune your setups and everything um, on on the properties you have I know even on the little twenty acre track that I've been hunting for like the past eleven years I'm always figuring out new little little pinch points and things like that and critiquing where my stand placements are and um, touch on that a little bit how I know you're always scouting the you know different maybe same properties but different sections of the properties um, and learning new things about them
0: yeah it's it's funny I was going to put mineral out and I've been into this particular spot I don't know 75 times and (laughs) every time i walk in there i'm looking at different trees and i'll pull my compass out and go mm, east wind this tree might be better you know west wind this and and i've been there and i've hunted this spot for years but it, it, again it it's a constant obsession with with the craft it is a constant obsession with the craft never satisfied and always looking for, Maximizing your time. You know, I'm, I'm walking in there, so I might as well look around. Mm-hmm. I'm already going in there. I'm committed to put more mineral out or change batteries on the camera or move a camera. Um, so, I, I mean, that, that's getting off subject a little bit for, for getting access, if you will. And that, that's probably a, you know, scouting and uh, stand placement. That's probably something we'll do on a, on a whole nother podcast. But it all does kind of run parallel. You know the the amount of effort that you put into getting access needs to be the same amount of effort, if not more. Yeah. You know, you know, guys that are super lazy hunters that have really good farms seem to kill big deer. Uh, sometimes, yeah. Y- guys that are super aggressive hunters that also have really good farms, they're knocking them down all the time, mm-hmm. and and that's the. That's the that's the key and you know again I know that we'll get comments and guys are are thinking in the back of their mind well this takes money this takes money this takes money well it can it can take money um the, the again two of the properties I have here in South Carolina that I have permission to hunt on did not cost me 1 cent shot three nice bucks on them this year we'll get into your property in in just a minute because <laughs> obviously we're we're going <laughs> to um, not tell your license plate or what kind of vehicle you drive or yeah. the county that this property's in, but we, I really want to get into that in a second. Yeah. Um, but but it, I I hate here. I understand it, but I, it just it bugs me when guys say, "Oh, it it just takes money." It ta- oh, I can't, I can't afford that. I, I'm just a, a a you know a a blue collar working man. I, I understand that. I am too. I started with zero, right? Yep. I mean, yep. you can go Thursday, Friday, and Saturday night and be a bartender and make $100 a night from 6 to midnight, those three nights, and do that for 10 weeks, you got $3,000. It's a priority thing. If, if you're not willing to do that, that's okay that's certainly fine no it's more important for me to spend time with my family or or whatever it may be but there are ways to in the united states of america there are ways to make a couple thousand dollars a year extra or save or cut back and be able to go and find a a hunting lease there are ways to do it um but you you don't have to pay you you can you can absolutely get permission it's just going to be harder right it's going to be harder but but it can be done um you are a, I think, a perfect example of the hard work using your connections. I mean, you you killed on your permission spot two South Carolina record book deer. I hope you don't mind me saying all <laughs> That's that. That's okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, again, we're not going to talk about, obviously, where this property is, but it's just a prime example of what hard work and, and making it a priority can do to talk about your in general terms your property i mean two record book deer they were scored this year yeah at, at the uh, uh sportsman's classic and i mean that's on a piece that you had permission to hunt and 20 acres 40 acres
1: yeah so i like you i think that deer hunting is it's it's like an addiction to to drugs or something for me so (laughs) it's always in the back of my head when when am I gonna go when am I gonna be out in the woods and so anytime I'm you know talking to somebody over somebody's house in the back of my head you know if I'm there for a party anything I'm like okay this guy might have some property I could I can hunt or maybe he knows a neighbor or he knows a realtor or something and I kind of just one day or for a couple days reached out to some high school buddies who I knew kind of lived in the area that had small tracks that they either lived on or um, you know lived near that they had permission on and went and checked out a handful of them and kind of narrowed one down that I really liked and messed around with a couple other ones but they weren't that great as far as um, I guess diversity. So I kind of put them on the back burner and the first year, you know, I hunted that big deer property. Um, I, I figured it out, but, and that, but that's how I get it. I. That's how I get my properties. I kind of like the one that I just got up in the upstate. Um, it's my father-in-law's dad. I went over there to help him, um, grab a ladder one day then you live right down the road and I was like this is a nice little hardwood bottom you got behind your house and then next thing you know I went back there a couple weeks later and I saw some does crossing through there and then I got permission to walk around back there and found some you know old rubs and some beds on a point and I said what do you uh you know if anybody's hunting back here or, and they go no nobody's been back there we did have somebody but i don't like sh- them shooting big guns back there and i said well i like to i like to bow hunt so and it, it doesn't make any noise so you think i could kind of and and that's how it that's how i get them i just put the feelers out everywhere and then whoever you know if i get one to bite in a good area I kind of just work on the relationship, and, and you'll be surprised how, how much you can, you know, get away with and doing that, how many properties you can get a hold of.
0: Yeah, I mean, a, a young guy came by the office uh, the other day, you know, just to sit down and kind of do a consultation and all of his properties were just exactly what you're talking about there he, he got one from the church he got one mm-hmm. from you know uh, his his newly his his wife's brother-in-law um you, you know he again it's not rocket science what it comes down to is work and paying attention to to and going after what you want, mm-hmm. that's that's it, it. It takes work. It's not rocket science. There there are some things outside the box, like the realtor, um, you know, like the looking for the no hunting places, you know, to to really hone in on where you want to be. But um, it it comes down to hard work, like everything yeah. else.
1: Yeah, the like you said, the building the relationship and bringing value to to the landowner whether it be you know seafood handyman stuff like that they uh they eat that up yep or even i, I know some buddies who they're just some older they got permission from some older landowners who you know their kids are, are your age and they've moved away out of state and all that and they're just lonely you stop by there and talk to them sit down for an hour or whatever and um every now and again and they've just They love it. They showed them their war medals and all that stuff, and they love them coming
0: by there. It's providing value and not having a one-way street. Right. Um, And if you can provide value because you're getting something of value, I think that's important. But, you know, I – guys if you if you got questions or or you know we'd love to hear how y'all y'all are getting access and what you're doing share it and we'll bounce ideas off of each other because we're 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 all trying to improve and 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 get better access to more and more farms kevin talk a little bit about you know it's we've we beat this to death but it's june (laughs) right now what what do you have lined up access wise and property wise for for this year what what is your plan um you know with with the properties you have are you looking for any more properties right now are you set for the year i know you're never completely set yeah. you're always looking but you, you know what what is your setup for the year kind of what what's your plan you know because you're you're 29 years old you got a brand new baby um you know you got a full-time job you know there, there's a lot of guys in, in your position what what is your plan this year with your setup and what you have access to?
1: so like i said i'm I'm always looking for new properties, but right now, um, I got I got the four, maybe five lined up for for this year. Some are right here in town. Some are uh, you know, the Fairfield and even further upper state areas. So I'm kind of doing the off season stuff like you are with the with running a few cameras, doing mineral and i'm I'm always walking around on these spots to kind of hone in or at least the newer spots I got a couple of them that I don't even mess with but these newer spots I'm I'm walking around and finding new little areas to maybe set up like you're saying checking out trees and things like that Um, but like I said if if something pops up like the other night I was with the the father-in-law and uh, he had a buddy who likes to trail ride and he said he got stuck in his side-by-side in this creek we had to go take the take the jeep to pull him out so we're riding and i'm looking around and i'm like this looks pretty deary in here and i pull up my map and i'm oh it's 150 acres here so i'm kind of just bouncing a few questions off him who this guy you know this guy did it da. da, da. comes turns out he's a he owns a, a timber service, so I might run that rap a little bit because he probably knows a bunch of freaking landowners. Absolutely right. So um, things like that. I but with the new new little guy, I'm trying to just hone in on these spots that I got right now, and um, I'm gonna do a little bit of paying a maybe one or two trespass fees out of out of state, maybe uh, Kentucky and Ohio, and I I do have a few spots. That I hopefully can get permission on in Ohio, up near where my dad lives, that I'm going to go next week to work on for the weekend. Yep. What about you? I know you got all kinds.
0: Well, I mean, I'm going to hunt here at home. Um, You know, the club now, I've got an 18-year-old son, Jack. um, And on our club, we only get two bucks. And normally, our season opens August 15th. And by August 18th, he's He's already (laughs) shot both of them. So, that's kind of, that one's... (laughs) kind of that ship has sailed yeah 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 so so the club um (laughs) we'll see what happens there but my permission spots i'd I'd love to shoot one or two bucks here early velvet type deer um september 1st i'm headed to alberta um again i've got relationships that i've built over 10 years up there so i'll be uh headed to alberta to hunt up there uh, possibly kentucky with a guy that i've um hunting with again you know mm-hmm. it was through a friend of a friend and and you know he's got a bunch of leases there and and i can kind of have free range and, and go and i know all the properties he actually lost a really big property just my, my favorite one an outfitter came in and um offered some ridiculous amount of money for it so that, that's a clog in the cartwheel but all that means now is we got to replenish it with something else yep and then, um, obviously hit Kansas during the rut this year, uh, November. We'll, we'll be in there on a, on a small farm that I own. And then, um, a, a couple of leases that are out there and then, uh, finish up. I've, I've got invited to go to a, a, bow hunting only county in Texas. Um, so I'll probably go there and hunt and then finish up down in Mexico with my group that was in, um, in, on my Texas lease. We're going to go to Mexico and be the second year hunting this big ranch down there so that's that's kind of my plan and you know all of it is both situations are from relationships that have been developed different ways but always keeping eyes and ears open and thinking outside the box a little bit to get into these different places I think that's the the key is you you have to do it different than the other guy and You have to do it now, June, March, April, May, June. If you wait until September to start getting after it, it's it's too late. Yep, yep, I agree 100%. Well, good, man. Well, guys, again, any questions, thoughts, comments, how you guys get access, we're we're trying to share this with everybody. Um, Let us know. Hit us up with any feedback. We appreciate it, and we'll be back here shortly. Thanks, guys.
1: Thanks, guys.